Thank you for joining us once again. My name is Alan Corbishley, and welcome to Sound the Alarm Theater for the Ears, a series of immersive audio dramas with accompanied interviews with artists and experts around the various alarms we are sounding. Today's episode is the love story The Eternal Sailor by Derek Chan, where we meet JC and Alexis, two young activists in love who get tragically separated at a pro-democracy rally, only to spend the rest of their lives trying to make their way back to each other within a world that has literally turned upside down. Once again, we highly recommend listening with earphones to all our artistic episodes, and if you enjoy this immersive listening experience do consider a charitable donation to the series. We also invite you to join our online conversation on our socials at SoundTheAlarmMT. Thank you for joining us, and please enjoy The Eternal Sailor. Where are you? I'm right here! Come on, JC! <coughs> Run! <laughs> JC! Alexis, run! I'll meet you at. Hong Kong police! You're under arrest for illegal assembly and rioting. You have the right to remain silent. Glory to Hong Kong! Revolution of our times! Lexi, run! Shut up, a protester here. Patient appears to be suffering from a fractured skull. Destination, Prince Margaret Hospital. Dispatch, I need a brain trauma surgeon on arrival. Patient seizing, give me some diazepam. IV, now! Hey, Jace. How are you? My love, they finally told me where you are. I was worried that you, uh... Well, anyway, here we are. The doctor said that coma patients could sometimes hear the outside world. Read you a book or something. So, here I am. Reading you... The news. June 30th, 2020, South China Morning Post. National security law. Tough new reality for Hong Kong as offenders face maximum sentence of life in jail. I can't do this, Jace. Not without you. The newspaper says they're going to arrest us all. Kids got ratted out by their parents, for Christ's sake, just for posting stuff on the internet. This is madness. What's next? Canceling the news? Arresting journalists? My parents are flying me home, Jace. Tonight. Red Eye back to Vancouver. They said I'd either come home now or don't ever bother. I'm sorry, my love. But you know I can't stay here. You'll understand, right? 
Look at me. I only look like I'm from here, but I'm not. I'm Canadian. I can't stay in Hong Kong. I can't. I'm so sorry. Come find me in Canada when you wake up, okay? I'll wait for you. Here. This is my parents' address in Canada. I'm putting it in your hand. If you can hear me, Jace, please be able to hear me. Hold on to this. Please, please, when you wake up, come find me. I'll wait for you. Alexis, you know I'm not much of a writer, but just in case I don't get to tell you any of this in person, because who knows if I'll actually get to see you again. Uh, the last thing I remember was the cop sitting on my chest and the sound of my head smacking on concrete back in 2020. I had a very long dream about you, Alexis. In that dream, we were floating on a broken raft in the middle of nowhere, sun on our bare skins. Uh, we looked old and wrinkly. There was a storm all around us, but not above us. You were singing opera to me. That's how I knew it was a dream. You can't sing for shit. I was in a coma for, I don't know how long actually. There was a crumpled piece of paper in my hand, melted into one of those balls that kids spit at their siblings. A nurse poked her head in with an air of indifference and said, your good friend went back to Canada. There were no doctors anymore. Not for vegetables like me, apparently. The central government is mobilizing all medical personnel to tackle the nationwide crimson lung epidemic. What crimson lung is precisely, the nurse didn't say. Never mind that. Central government? What happened to Hong Kong? Did we lose? I looked different. I looked... anemic. The world outside looked different. An outdated copy of the People's Daily told me something called the Great Drift apparently scrambled the planet's magnetic poles. What used to be north is literally south now. East and west are not quite the same either, it seems. Hong Kong, or rather, Tiangang, as they now call it, looks more like Venice. The entire city submerged in water, covered in a slimy film of redness. The only thing missing was some guy with a harpoon riding a rusty jet ski trading dirt, looking for dry land. The nurse poked her head in again and handed me a tape recorder, a Sony TCM something or other with one of those mini cassette tapes in it. This time she didn't bother to say anything as if to save her breath for something better. Guess she clocked the tattoo on my knuckles. G-F-H-G. S-D-G-M. Guangfu Hu! 
Hong Kong, Glory to Hong Kong indeed. Huh. I better get out of there before they'd arrest me all over again for displaying subversive protest slogans. <laughs> June 30th, 2020. Or is it July 1st now? Time kind of gets fuzzy when you're cruising 33,000 feet above the Pacific at 500 knots. JC, I don't know if you'll ever get this, but I've got to do something to kill the time. So here we are. I'm recording you a message. You said I never leave you messages, so here it is. A message. For you. The movie selection on this flight is worse than blockbusters. Waterworld, Armageddon, Twister, I think I'll pass. What am I saying? Whenever I close my eyes, all I see is your body in that hospital bed. Tubes sticking out from every possible place I can see, and a couple more going into places that I didn't even think was possible. You should have seen the state of your face, Jace. Even your mother couldn't love that. I packed what I could and put the rest of our stuff in the storage locker in Yuen Long. Before you do anything, go to our storage locker. I've left something for you. Excuse me, I would like a gin and tonic, please. Double. Yes, lots of ice. Thank you. Jace. I'm scared that the next time you see me, the only thing you see is my cowardice. Oh, you are going to resent me for abandoning you. Once at the protest, once again at the hospital, you have all the reasons to hate me for the rest of our lives. God, I wish the ocean would open up and swallow the plane right now. But the thought of never seeing you again leaves an even bigger hole in my heart. I'm sending this message to your hospital as soon as I land, for the nurse to give you. When you wake up, please come find me. Please get out of Hong Kong. Please. I love you. Everyone has one of those boats that you used to see in Tai O now, Lex. Who knew the entire Hong Kong, Tiangang, would end up like this? I guess you can add Hong Kong to the long list of cities that have been called Venice of the East throughout history. I wonder if I'll ever find Hong Kong of the West. You know, Tai O used to be a popular entry point for people escaping from mainland China into Hong Kong during the Chinese Civil War, back in the 1930s. Maybe both our grandparents came through there at some point. And maybe they've met before. Who knows? I borrowed an abandoned boat to our storage unit today. I kept getting turned around, drifting from one little island to another. It took me half the day to get used to north being south, south being north, and all that. Took me even longer to realize I should have just sailed with my heart as my compass to begin with. Well, and common sense too. I know this place. 
I grew up here. It astounded me to see Hong Kong so empty. Where have all the people gone? The few that I passed were wasting away in a fog of resignation, trying to remember and forget at the same time, fishing for memories of a time gone by. Everybody left. Everybody left behind. Not a flicker of light in their bloodshot eyes. Rowing the boat up Shingmun River reminded me of my dad taking me to the dragon boat races at the festival. If you think the water was dirty back then, you should see it now. The water is inexplicably covered in a layer of red slime. Corpses of bees and dragonflies washing downstream like faded childhood memories. Yet, I see salvagers in full hazmat gear dredge for lost memories, dive for treasure, but most of the time come up empty-handed. Much to the amusement of Lady Luck, who watches on with an air of benevolent indifference. Our storage unit was the only one that hadn't been burgled. Maybe the scavengers could tell there was nothing worth burgling, judging by the cheap-ass padlock we bought from the site manager for way too much money. Some skeevy rat let me borrow his bolt cutters in exchange for a crumpled, sweaty Hong Kong $20 bill I dug out of my back pocket. He thought he hit the jackpot. I couldn't believe what you left me. Today, July 1st, 2021, I lit two candles. One for Hong Kong, one for you. It has been a year since I've breathed the same air as you. They are arresting people lighting candles on the street in Hong Kong this year. For national security. <sighs> I hope that my messages arrive at our storage unit in Yunlong safe and sound. This group of messenger activists, the birdies, as they call themselves, have a way to get in and out of places, countries, unnoticed. An essential skill, especially when you're being hunted by the Chinese government... This morning, I walked down to Stanley Park before sunrise. I went down to the water, looking for you. The entire park grieves in the wake of centuries of exploitation and colonialism. The marshland is saturated with the tears of so many. Those who have lost so much. So many. Unacknowledged. Unremembered. Then I went up to Horseshoe Bay and took the first ferry out to Nanaimo. The water was never calmer, as if mourning for something. Once we were clear of Bowen Island, a family of ancient driftwood greeted me on the horizon. I rented a little white car in Nanaimo and drove all the way across the island to Tofino in under 2.5 hours. I rented a boat and sailed out to Leonard Island. I broke into the lighthouse and watched the sunset into the Pacific Ocean as I waited for your silhouette to appear on the horizon. Nobody cared. I waited until the sky went dark and the sea was glimmering with fallen stars. I waited until the sun came up again, but you were still nowhere to be found.
a small mountain of those mini cassette tapes on our kitchen table. That was the first and only thing I saw when I busted open the storage door. All of our other stuff was gone. On the summit sat a yellow construction helmet, guarding a note addressed to me. Wasn't in your handwriting, however. Instead, somebody called Albatross. Apparently, they had been delivering those little cassette tapes one at a time for... Well, for however many years I've been in a coma. Just as I was about to press play, somebody announced their presence with a tentative cough. (coughs) Who the fuck are you, they said. What's it to you, I said. The shadow shuffled sideways, feeling self-conscious about a limp I wouldn't have noticed otherwise. Nice boat you got out there. Lion Rock Spirit. Nice name. You know, I used to be a frontliner back in 2019. Legco, airport, Prince Edward Station, Polly U. I was there all right. Well, until they, uh... You work here? Who's asking? You Albatross? Alba who? What? I'm Sparrow. (laughs) Sparrow? African or European? Uh Uh-huh. You must be JC. Damn, you holding up okay, bud? What is this, an an ornithologist convention? Excuse me? Albatross! Sparrow! What's next? Seagull? You seen Seagull? He owes me 50 big ones. Who the fuck are you? Just read the damn note. And here. Sparrow tossed me a 7-Eleven plastic bag full of tapes, labeled as recently as last week. Oh, and, uh, if you see Albatross, tell her I quit. Okay. Just tell her Sparrow's got a pharaoh. She'll know what that means. Don't forget to read the note. You sure this isn't some April Fool's joke or something? Ain't nobody got time for jokes, partner. You seen the world lately? Sparrow had a point. And put on a mask. This crimson lung thing ain't a joke, pal. Crimson lung? Pal, you been in a coma or what? I'll put you in one. See that red algae shit that's everywhere? Melts your lungs from the inside. Put on a mask when you're on the water. And just like that, Sparrow flew off into God knows where. Albatross's note contained only two points. One, Alexis is meeting you at the Leonard Island Lighthouse. Two, sorry I sold all your stuff. Hard times. The government froze our bank accounts. GFHG. Leonard Island. What are you doing all the way out in Tofino, of all places? I took the boat and started sailing west. Or, uh, east? Depending on how you see it. I headed east towards the west. My head is killing me. Must be brain damage. Sailing across the Pacific in a dinghy. Who's the hopeless romantic now? I don't even know why I'm recording these stupid tapes anymore. But you know what? It's something to do.
isn't it? A while ago, some marine geologists found oil in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, in the international waters just over 12 nautical miles northwest of Cory Atoll, and everybody went nuts. China, Russia, North Korea, the States, even Japan and the Philippines wanted a piece of it. It was oil, after all. Every Navy turned up and they had a year-long nautical standoff. We all thought that was how World War III was going to start, not going to lie. Well, eventually private corporations just kind of showed up one by one and started drilling like nobody's business. And nobody cared. And then it happened. The Great Drift. Somebody hit something, nobody knew who or what. Only thing we knew for certain was that the Earth's magnetic poles got turned upside down. The CNDC thought it was a massive earthquake at first. We finally broke the Earth. Bees, migratory birds, they all ended up in places they shouldn't have. Plants started dying, everything was melting faster than ever. There's no food and cities are drowning. Nobody knew what to do. If only we could eat petroleum. Or each other. Or that toxic red algae that started blooming all over lowlands and coastal cities. Who knew water levels could rise so much within a year? That's what we get for poking around in places we shouldn't have. Stanley Park is all marshland again, and the lighthouse on Leonard Island, it's barely above water now. I wonder what had happened to Hong Kong. I wonder what had happened to you. Seismologists are now predicting that the big one is going to happen within the next five years. I guess the big earthquake is how this is all going to end. I often wondered about that. It's been 46 days since I set sail from Hong Kong to Tofino. It took Bernard Gilboy 162 days to sail a schooner from San Francisco to Australia in 1882. A voyage of pleasure, as he called it. Tomorrow is your birthday, Lexi. I think my headache is getting worse and I keep having nightmares about the last time we were together at that protest back in Hong Kong, about the tear gas, about the running, about everyone, about the sound of my skull hitting the pavement, about dying alone. Today, I, I sailed past one of the Izu Islands, just southeast of Japan, Torishima, Bird Island, I think it was. I recognized the sulfuric crater of Yozan from a picture book my dad gave me in grade 5. In 1902, all 150 of its inhabitants were killed in a volcanic eruption. The island was never repopulated since then. Instead, it grew into a short-tailed albatross sanctuary. I didn't see any albatross, but the island was covered in purple bellflowers, kikyo, I remember my grandmother painstakingly making me bellflower tea whenever I had a bad cough. I picked 74 flowers and dried them under the sun on a rock. 370 purple petals, 
one for each protester who was arrested on the same day as I did. I took a nap in the sun, ate half a salt-pickled fish, and gathered the dried petals with me. I set sail again. My decision to sail against the trade winds might have been a foolish one, but the North Pacific Current should take me somewhere along the West Coast. Regardless, I must press on. Happy birthday, Lex. I think. Happy New Year, Jace. Is this what it feels like to speak to a ghost? Mom died last week. Right after Christmas. Crimson lung. What else? The way she wheezed and gasped for weeks on end, I was... relieved that she finally had the courage to let go of us. We weren't allowed to say goodbye. The doctor said the risk of transmission was too high. Last night, Dad and I shared a bottle of whiskey and traded stories about Mom. Stories you tell when somebody passes away. About how she charmed Dad at a dive bar with a shitty one-liner. About the little things we used to do to get on each other's nerves. You know, so we don't forget we can hang on to mom for a little longer even if it's just for one night (laughs) I woke up this morning in tears from a dream that I had no memory of I think you were there when I went downstairs for breakfast dad was still in his armchair by the fireplace resting The heartbreak of losing mom was too much for him to bear. So I laid his favorite blanket on him and let the government come and carry him away. (laughs) Then I took the family boat and sailed west. Or was it east? Back to the lighthouse. Probably should have paid more attention to mom when she used to take us sailing down the coast to Portland all those years ago. Bon voyage. I suppose. (laughs) But before all that, I broke into the city morgue that night and hugged Mom goodbye. If nothing else, for old time's sake. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm-
四记着吧，来自你我的心，记着吧。The ocean sat motionless as I floated past the remains of ancient behemoths today, as if struck by misfortune halfway across their trans-Pacific migration. These breathtaking steel structures were left unceremoniously to be reclaimed by the unsympathizing ocean, a viscous. Mixture of red algae and iridescent fluids pooled at their rusted ankles, like blood that refused to dry. Memories refused to be forgotten. Remembering what Sparrow said about crimson lung, I put my mask on and hoped for the best. I spread the three hundred and seventy bluebell petals. Across the water and watched them drift towards the sunset. Last week, I threw up all the salted fish I ate near Torishima. It was probably rotten. I haven't eaten anything besides seaweed since. Ugh, you know what I miss? Wonton noodles. Ugh. I just want a steaming bowl of th- this damn mosquito. <laughs> Been following me since since I woke up back in Hong Kong. Never took a bite at me though, just following me like a bad memory. Damn it! What do you want? I heard on the radio that tomorrow China will be officially reintegrating Hong Kong, or Xiangong, as they insist on calling it, back into the mainland. What's left of it, anyway? No more special administrative region status. A homecoming of sorts. Well, they still have Joshua Wong and Jimmy Lai up in Shenzhen. Nobody was surprised, really. Everyone in Hong Kong seemed. Strangely compliant. It's been so long, after all. A lot has happened since, J.C. I was just thinking the other day, because what else is there to do but think these days? I don't know why, but that piece of news about Hong Kong reintegration—it is there going to be anything left? I'm not even from Hong Kong, for Christ's sake. You are my connection to that place, and now that you are gone, Chase, I don't know why I cry anymore. It's over. It's gone. I think this is it for me. I suppose the world has turned me upside down too.
Today I woke up to the sound of seagulls overhead, debating whether I am a viable food source. A couple of them even pre-seasoned me with some guano. I heard on the boat's radio that China is finally reintegrating Hong Kong back to the motherland. <laughs> Guess that came as a surprise to nobody. It, it's like watching a bully torment the family pet at their backyard cookout, except the bully is a 5,000-year-old gangrenous infantile abomination who wanted to play emperor, and that poor little creature is 8 million people who had done nothing wrong, and the cookout is actually a witch hunt. If fighting for your identity, fighting for what you believe in is wrong, then I don't know what is right anymore. This really is the end, huh? The more I yelled at the seagulls, the more determined they were at turning me into chum. One of them even had the audacity to attempt a landing. I flung a wrench at the smug bastard and hit it square on the head. Made a big dent on its skull. Smooth walnut brain all over the deck. <laughs> they say it's bad luck to kill a seagull, or uh, was it albatross? Something about seabirds warding off unholy waves. Anyway, as I chewed on the old bird's sinewy, fishy meat, I could just barely make out the outline of Haida Gwaii on the horizon. The bird tasted like plastic bags and wet cardboard. I wonder if I taste like old bird. Haida Gwaii looks almost unrecognizable. Submerged. Subdued. Waiting for something. Something big. There is a rumble in the air, but no storm. There is something else unfolding from the heart of the ocean. An unholy wave to claim all that which belongs to eternity. Something ancient, earth-shattering, waiting to be released. All of us, waiting to be released. fingers, it proposes total rejection of reality. The ocean floor seizes in distress. A peaceful soul split in two, westwards towards the east, eastwards towards the west. The rumble carries on. One minute, two minutes, three minutes, four. It carries on. The water has gone home, awake on the ocean floor. The watchtower has found its feet again. And yet we carry on, adrift. With anchors curled up in our hearts, an ascension from our pasts, Unmoored. Along your fault lines, I traced my fingers. Round and again, we started at the end. Your skin creased and valleyed as I dug my nails into your heaving chest. A convergent boundary. Subduction zone. 
drifting continents encapsulating a superheated core where hearts collide once again. No more messages for the wind. No more divination from the stars. Into the ocean I fall, a thousand-year dream in eternity. I pitch my heart into the ocean, a flame in the flood, rocking, falling, in love, once, once again. again. you enjoyed The Eternal Sailor by Derek Chan. Next week, join us for a conversation around this episode where we will explore it artistically and get some insights around the fragility of democracy in today's world and the effects of the environment on our health and our political systems. We would like to formally thank our supporters for helping to make this series possible, including the initial support of the Canada Council for the Arts, the BC Arts Council, the province of British Columbia, and the city of Vancouver. If you would like to also support us, do visit our website and donate through our Support Us page. All donations will receive a charitable donation receipt. And another great way to support is, of course, to simply share our series with your friends through your social platforms. So do follow us at SoundTheAlarmMT. Also, subscribe, if you're so willing. Thank you for listening. <laughs>